to I Hope I Can Make It Through, Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today, we are in person. Uh-oh, both vaccinated. Woo! Yes, general, of course, general disclaimer. We have both been vaccinated. We both have had two uh, rounds of our respective vaccinations. We also made sure to uh, do the necessary waiting around for two weeks afterwards. And uh, we are finally in person to talk about a really good episode, actually. We also took a trip to a mall, and we were both like, we are not ready for this. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's just get all, like, the personal stuff out of the way. So um, we, we decided to uh, hang out a little bit because uh, we're, both, we're both vaccinated now. And we were like, okay. Like, I was craving Auntie Anne's pretzels because in throughout quarantine... That seems to be the thing that I personally have missed the most. Um, and, you know, Frank and I were hanging out, and I was like, oh, I could really go for one. Frank's like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we went to the mall. And uh, I'm really glad we were on the same page, because we both were just like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, we're in Jersey, so, like, everybody's masked, right? Like, we don't have to, we, we can, we are very lucky in the sense of, like, we're not, in some states where it's, like, literally, like, you are the only person wearing a mask sometimes. But, like, even that, it's, like, people don't walk like they have to socially distance, and it freaked me out. Because, like, you have, like, a kid dawdling, you have people just kind of moseying, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, like, I do, I, my shopping time is generally, like, food shopping is, like, 6 a.m., like, the hour they open. And, like, if I'm going shopping at another store, it's, like, the hour they open at, like, 10. So I can get in, get my shit, get out. Like, I'm not hanging around anywhere anymore. And, like, we have, like, all these plans for when we're, like, when things open up and we're all good. I don't know how, like, it's gonna be a trial sitting in a restaurant. Like, even though I know it's, like, herd immunity is a thing. Because that's the only time we're gonna do it. Or, like, that's the point we're gonna get to. Right, right. Um... Yeah, it's, I, I feel like what, uh, but I feel like what's good to kind of bring up for folks is, like, it's okay if you're not ready. Like, I feel like a lot of folks, um, as they get vaccinated, are, like, getting really excited to be part of society again. And, like, you know, we're seeing a lot of stressing, like, things going back to normal, which, please don't go back to normal, because, as a lot of people are already speaking to, like, Uh, If we go back to normal, we shut out a lot of services that did develop during the pandemic that do help disabled folks and other people who can, many other people who can't necessarily get to certain locations. Um, But also, it's like, allow yourself to, like, reacclimate yourself to being interacting with people. Yeah, like, there's, like, don't let any, it's just, it's just like anything in life. Don't let anybody rush you until you're ready absolutely absolutely um and i also want to say like somebody um i saw a tumblr post where somebody said like there's a reason you don't see a lot of stuff about the spanish flu of 1918 and i think because nobody wants to remember it like i mean they're like me like books and movies and whatnot and i'm like i agree i don't want to remember this year existed <laughs> or 2020 existed I want to, like, I don't want to read, like, a coronavirus love story. Unless it's, like, a weird Chuck Tingle one where, like, the virus is, like, here to do something, like, to somebody's butt. Other than that, I'm done. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to read about the coronavirus. <laughs> it's not like, it's going to just make me more anxious. I'm 
that's understandable. Yeah, like, I think everyone just has their own personal limits, and I think that... And the thing is, is also, like, we're, we're definitely not out of the woods, right? We're nowhere near out of the woods. People make it sound like we are, um, but, you know, Frank and I are of a very small amount of Americans who actually have both shots and are, like, you know, have it out of the way. So many folks are at various points of their immunization, and, um, you know, hopefully by the time this episode airs, a sizable amount of Americans will be able to get vaccinations, but, like, it's gonna take a little while before that happens, and even then, we still have children who are still getting tested to even see if they're uh, good candidates for the vaccine and things like that, so please take your time, um, once you are able to, and once you're safe to, hopefully you will, I hope that, you know, all of you are able to see loved ones. I'm very happy to be able to see Frank, and honestly, he's the only person who has been maskless allowed in my house, so he's a very exclusive, other than the cats and myself, I guess. Um, he's part of a very exclusive club right now, which will hopefully get more and more people as time goes on, but take your time. Um, and I'm happy that we have successfully uh, gotten through working remotely for the past year and change and um i just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for being able to roll with it um because i know like you know sound is weird and like you know weird echoing effects sometimes happen and like all this type of stuff um develops because we're just online and we're trying to work with skype and everything and i just wanted to say like thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us yeah and i, I wasn't really going to mention this um i know there was a sizable gap last year um, the, the, but like we mentioned it on my other podcast, Teen Girl Talk, and I feel finally a bit more comfortable to share this. The reason there was that gap is my father passed away. Um, and I, I want to like get through this, but it's, you know, difficult. He passed away in July, uh, not from coronavirus, just, uh, from dementia. And, you know, like recording with my sister was bit easier because we were watching like you know fun stuff like Degrassi at times can be too heavy and the discussions get too heavy so I'm like I need to just take a step away from this for a moment um but I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be doing this again with Donnie and I'm happy to be able to see you in person again yeah same here it's um... Donnie was a wonderful help through that time oh thank you Frank I mean it's it's we say this a lot on the show, and I'll keep saying it, like, yes, we are colleagues when we work on this podcast, obviously. Like, we, we do have a project we're trying to see through, but we are friends. We we really, um, I know I see you as someone who is very important to me, and um, when, you know, shit gets real, um, you can put projects aside to just be a friend and, and help someone through something, and I think that time and time again i'm shocked by um pleasantly so by how um how close we've been able to be because we <laughs> we hang out with each other and watch degrassi and everything and i think that um you know it's it's always nice to kind of know that we have each other's backs we've both been through some tough shit the past couple of years and we have both been in each other's corners and it's really good to know that i can always kind of count on you to be there for me and i i'm hopeful that you know that i will always be there for you hey i i don't really consider you so much a friend i consider you family oh family to bring it back around there's somebody named dom in this episode <laughs> and there's cars yes 
<laughs> we are spiking so much, but fuck it. No, it's fine because we're happy to be back. So, um, now that we've gotten the personal updates out of the way, let's check out Degrassi: Next Generation season six, episode eight. Crazy little thing called love. Uh, quick content warnings: We're going to be talking about teenage sexuality, uh, specifically going back a couple seasons to uh, Jay and Emma and the Ravine. Uh, and a van down by the river. <laughs> yes, the van down by the river. Um, we're also going to be talking quite a bit about like verbal harassment um, and physical to a certain extent uh, regarding a teacher and a student um, in our B plot. So those are going to be kind of the big things that we're going to be talking about this episode. Um, of course, if you ever need to take a break or anything like that, or even just skip out on an episode, that's okay. Um, and uh, Frank, would you like to introduce our A plot and our B plot? Um, our A plot is Sean's out of jail. Um, a unknown amount of time has passed. Um, he's going to be staying with the Nelsons and trying to get his life back on track. But uh-oh, here comes Emma and Jay's past relationship, if you want to call it that, to muck things up. Um, and then we have... Um, a, our very first Derek and Danny centric episode um, where they are dealing with a teacher that we've never seen before named Mr. Perino. Um, and he is a big old jerk. That is basically it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll just get, we'll just go through the episode scene by scene. Um, so we open up uh, with Emma waiting in front of the gates in front of the prison that Sean is at and, um, Sean is being released and he's super excited about it. He embraces Emma. Um, and through dialogue, we kind of establish what has happened, which is that Emma was able to get Sean a lawyer. Um, he, the lawyer was able to get Sean's sentence lowered. Um, and that Sean now has two years of probation, but he no longer has to be in prison. Um, which is wonderful news, honestly, especially because, um, we saw how tense things were in earlier parts of the season uh, immediately after Sean was sentenced. Um, and uh, it's nice to see him out. He has, like, he seems to have a new lease on life. He's really excited about eating a cheeseburger. Um, and Emma gives a little gift that we were very excited to see, which was a uh, laminated copy of the photo from their first date. <laughs> Oh, it was so cute. Like, you, you, listeners and Donnie will know I've had my problems with Emma in the past, but like, this was so cute. And also, it just brought me back to having to send away the camera or the film and just wait to see what comes back. Was it a Polaroid? No, that one, that one was a Polaroid, but it was like, uh, yeah. whatever you called, I can't remember what they were called because I do know that kind of camera. I never had it, but I wanted it, but it was like the one that was a little, like the camera, like the photo size itself was smaller, but it, it was like very charming looking. I liked it. Uh, my, <laughs> sorry, quick tangent. My first camera was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Good. That every time you took a picture, like, there was a little turtle in the corner. Oh, I fucking love that. I would love that now. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I told Susie about it, like, years later. Because I'd gotten rid of it. And my, she's like, why did you hold on to that? I would have loved to have all my pictures with turtles. <laughs> I, I didn't have that. I had, I want to say it was, like, a Fisher-Price one. Because I remember the color palette being very Fisher-Price-esque. Because it was, like, blue handles, white body, like, red lens. But it was, like, a... 
like yeah it was like a film camera but obviously had no bells and whistles but i loved it i was like really into it even through like high school i was really into disposable cameras and like really into film my mom was really into film so that that's probably why but um i it, it was it's just it was nice to kind of have that moment um it was a moment where there was a callback and it, it just made sense yeah it was sentimental it was a nice callback for for fans who have been watching the series since the, since season one but it also felt sentimental in a way that a teenage girl would be sentimental. Hey, uh, Donnie, real quick. What's the name of Sean's brother? Tracker. Damn. I thought, like, I, was, I was struggling to remember it. I'm like, let's see if I can get Donnie on this. Sorry, I'm the veteran. I gotta know this shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just remembering, you know, Sean in that picture is wearing his, his white his turtleneck. turtleneck. <laughs> Put on the turtleneck. Look like an artist. Yeah, you can never forget the turtleneck. <laughs> um... So then we we have our theme song. Oh, um, wait, there's one last thing. Okay. And this is where I have to admit that if Sean was written a little better, he would hit the pantheon of mentally ill white boys that um I, I have, uh, that we know of. Uh, because he looks at the photo, he talks about how he wishes that he could, like, you know, pause time, like, change time, that type of stuff, and, like, go back. And he says that he wants to go back to a time that you, being Emma was proud of me and i just kind of sat there going oh sean's like almost in the pantheon he's so <laughs> fucking close like if these writers were a little better with him he would be in the tim riggins dimitri level <laughs> of tony stark level of like damaged white men that i i enjoy in media <laughs> Um, Sean also has very crunchy looking hair in this. Oh, yeah, like, he, he's, like, almost good looking in this. And I, I say that because, like, he, he's very cut. Like, he, he's, he looks like he, he's been working out. Um, I find his eyebrows very charming. I, I like the big eyebrows. But his hair, it just has so much product. It is that very crunchy, uh, curly hair that I feel like everybody had during that era. If they had long enough curly hair. <laughs> I, I had long hair during this era, but, like, it just become big sausage curls and never put product in it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just, I, I remember a lot of, like, folks in my school did have the very, like, product-heavy curls. It, it was just, it was just the look. It was the look, it was the look. But, like, he looks pretty good overall. And, like, you know, it's also, like, he doesn't look like he's, like, he's been hit or anything like that like he did earlier in the season and and you know he's looking better but um i i I honestly just imagined like you know the first few days were rough and then it just became like the avatar last airbender prison scene where like he's just sitting with these giant tough guys he's like i don't know what to do about emma he's like look and the the, other guys are just like look you just gotta be you she'll come around (laughs) right like i mean i i feel like yeah like you know maybe I would want that for Sean. I would want him to find camaraderie. I feel like of all the things that he needs in his life, camaraderie is one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we have the opening theme song. Um, I have the transcript open, despite the fact we just watched this. It's okay. We're uh, in Emma's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also just imagining now the meme of, um, like, the person slapping the roof of something. It's just like, this thing can hold so much blank. And just, like, 
like snake and spike slapping the roof of their a house and be like, like this house can so hold so many troubled teens. Yeah, there's a lot of kids in that house right now. Uh. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if just like everybody's coming in for breakfast and then just like I don't know, um, Ellie's there. It's like Ellie, aren't you in college? Oh. <laughs> like, uh, I really like how uh, you know I I just really like how Spike scrambles eggs. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> it's like how do you know my wife? <laughs> you two have never had a scene together she used to do my hair oh that makes sense oh uh, uh, now I have another fan fiction idea I know you have such good ones I love like how, how specific they are they are magnificent oh my god Spike doing Ellie's hair trying to give her advice about Sean that would be good I also feel like Spike would be like a really positive maternal figure for her yeah but also, this is this is also the return of Spike. We've barely seen her. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've seen Spike. It's it's nice to see her back. Um, yes, it's like the whole fucking family basically. You have like Manny in the back. You got Snake doing shit. You got Spike there. Um, Sean's that now there. Emma's there. It's it's a packed house. You got Joe. Joe? Jack. Jack. Fuck. It's okay. What babies named Joe? Uh, <laughs> no babies are named Joe. We went over this. Only babies are only named Jack. Okay. Um, uh, J- Joe is the kid from Modern Family. Um, okay. So yeah, like also, I could have really done with a scene of um, of Sean taking care of Jack because he seems like some a dude who'd be really good with kids. I agree. I agree. See, see, this is why he doesn't quite hit the pantheon because there's these little things that that could have just boosted him up in there. He almost makes it. Almost makes it. He's touching it. Does does Tim Riggins hang out with kids? Uh It's complicated. Fair. Um <laughs> Okay. So, um uh Snake is like, "Hey, High school, huh? High school, and and Sean's like, nah, man, that ain't me. Um, I mean, he points out that he was exp- he was he had an expulsion, which is fair. And and Snake does say like, I'll talk to like I'll just ha- talk to Hasselak. It's like, don't worry about it. Which I actually am kind of surprised that it hasn't been rescinded. What hasn't been his expulsion? Because the expulsion un was because of Peter's actions. Yeah. Like, that feels like that would have been, like, an instantaneous. But also, like, I, I can kind of see as, like, that's not really Sean's concern, and Sean was in prison, so I don't know if he would even know that. But, um, it feels like something that would have been automatic. Well, my thing is also just, like, um, like, I mean, I don't know how, how much Spike knows. Right. Of just like of what happened between Snake and House of Lockos, because I would just be like, like don't mention that name in da, this da, house, da, 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 da. right? Like I would, mm, if I was her, that name would never be allowed to be uttered in that fucking home. But I also wouldn't have taken Snake back, so yeah, <laughs> I like would have been a little he did, different. He did leave. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I remember that whole plot line. <laughs> yeah, he, he left for a minute, like not forever, but he left for a minute. Uh, producer Basil wants to say hi. Hi, producer Basil. Um, but yeah, so like Sean is a little um he's like he's not fully obstinate, but he clearly has like his agenda and he's like kind of just trying to uh have things go the way that his own way. Um because he's saying like, you know, like, oh, I have a recommendation from Jay to work at a mechanic. 
Um, I'm just gonna do that. And then, you know, Emma's trying to be really supportive. She brings up Cameron's custom cars and um, how, like, that's kind of his eye on the prize. And Spike and Snake don't really handle this great. Like, I think they're, and, and I do kind of appreciate that they fuck it up because I could see them not really knowing how to talk about this properly because they're kind of like, well, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, how are you supposed to get a loan? Like, you don't have, like, a you don't have a high school equivalent. Like, you don't have, like, you know, you're missing a lot of things to actually be seen as trustworthy. Um, and Emma is very defensive and, you know, is, is telling them, like, he's just got out of prison. Can you please lay off of him um but they're being you know maybe a bit cruelly realistic but they are trying to bring up some fair points regarding the um limits of sean's abilities to achieve his goals right now yeah so um so that scene let's see that scene just kind of ends yeah (laughs) So we have Derek and Danny um, running through the halls, and they run into Mr. Perino, a teacher we've never seen before, and they spill his drink and break his mug. Um, they shatter that shit. It's 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 fucking broken. Yeah. Um. He's pissed. Yeah. Um. He says like, "You guys ruined my shoes." It was. It was Derek says under his breath, so buy some new ones. Like, yeah. Mr. Um, he's, he responds like, oh, I can make your life so difficult. And Snake um, says, just go get the mop from the, like, go get the mop from the janitor's hall and start cleaning this up. Um, Perino's like, smart asses, you know, they drive me crazy. Uh, to which Snake replies, uh, just trying to remember their kids, okay? Yeah. It, right, Dom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. He's a familia. Great. But, um, it's, it's an interesting... Sorry, I'm trying to speak and Basil's just in my way. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those... I'm kind of glad... I, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it too much. I mentioned a little bit earlier, like, I do like this episode... And I, I do like this teacher plot because I do think that um, it is a real issue. And we've talked a little bit about this in the past when Degrassi has addressed this plot. And I think Degrassi does this quite well where teachers do sometimes become unreasonably pissed off um, and are human, right? Like they do become upset and they do become almost unreasonably upset in response to uh, situations. And I... I feel like it's a very human thing to get pissed off because, like, your coffee mug got shattered and your shoes got ruined, and it's easy to lose sight of... She's bonking the... That'll be fine. (laughs) She's so cute. Um, It's a very real and very human moment to uh, react this way, and I do appreciate that we're trying to see this, and I also do appreciate Snake trying to intervene in a way that is trying to be pretty productive. Um... So I was pretty excited from the jump about this B-plot, which I feel like I have not said in a while, um, because I, I I get this vibe, especially from the beginning with the kind of the hijinks of the beginning. It's very, like, season one-esque. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, and honestly, Mr. Perino is the kind of teacher I would have become if I went down that path, because I could not handle how to deal with the hijinks. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I just let them wash over me. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, like, it's, 
maybe it's just because I'm a dude. Like, maybe it's that. I'm just like, I just couldn't. Like, I just kept getting annoyed. I'm like, why can't you kids just settle down? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, admittedly, I have lost my cool. There have been times, and I, I think that Perino's response is a very real response, and I think many people would, regardless of them being good teachers or not, right? Especially if it's kids like Danny and Derek, who already have a reputation for fucking around, right? Like, I don't see, like, you know, they they probably, like, teachers know these types of things, and um, especially if they're being kind of scutchy in your daily, like, you know, in your daily practices, and then they do this, you're gonna fucking lose it. Um, so, I think that it, the actual, the initial reaction, though it's unreasonable, can be kind of mitigated as long as he doesn't let it consume him. But as we kind of find out in this plot, it does consume him. <laughs> Basil is just like, you will not pay attention, you will rub my tum-tums. Uh, we love your belly rub. We love a girl with a, that loves a belly rub. Um, so, um, we cut to the garage. Um, which is a fun new set we've never seen before. Yeah, I like it. Um, Tony, because uh, of course his name's Tony, he runs a garage, um, is quizzing Sean on various problems with cars. Sean is answering pretty perfectly. Um, Tony is impressed. Um, set And Sean, he says like, you know what? Here, I have a Lexus with a uh, faulty AC. Go to work. And I, I do like that he's kind of like a rough around the edges kind of boss. Yeah. Um, like he's like, I got the job. He's like, now if you don't get to work, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 very like the I like the set. It feels very lived in, or I guess worked in, because it's work. Um, but like it it's very it's weirdly like again, there's a lot about this episode I like. I like that we get that little snippet of characterization. We have a pretty good read on how this guy is. Um Jay is excited about it because Jay is the one that gave the recommendation. He's already working there that day. Um, and it's just, I don't know, there's just like really good little moments and little detail work that's happening in this episode that just makes it land really well. Because it's just, the, this is such, like, I'm not saying Dokrasi has just completely outlandish plots. But it's just, like, these are such normal problem plots. Yes, yes. I, I, I really do feel, feel like that's when, where Degrassi shines. Uh, is yes. Where it's just, like, these are kids trying to deal with this thing that's really hard. Yeah. Like, you know, you have Danny and Derek who are like, I don't know how to get around this teacher. Right. Like, he is in control and power over me. Um, and I'm just going to use that to roll into, like, Danny is trying to give a... Um, trying to give a presentation mr perino keeps interrupting him and cutting him off and um he's also really shitty about him mispronouncing uh third reich yeah uh which is just ugh, as somebody who's like graded presentations it just ugh, i hated watching him get torn apart like that yeah well the thing is like a teeth the, the way i've always seen good teachers is that they're part you know if they're part educator they're part leader yeah. and like Mr. Perino has none of the good qualities of a leader. Like, we give Snake a lot of, like, flack. Yep. Deservedly. Mm -hmm. But, like, he is still somebody who is a good leader. Like, he's, like, he keeps his people in control. He's not, he's a little bit sarcastic here and there, but he's not, like, overly sarcastic and shitty like Mr. Perino is. Right. 
Um, you know, and like this, like this is not how you endeavor, um, like to make people like work right. Right. It, it, there's no um, interest in, in having them become good presenters, right? Because it's like, realistically speaking, and I say this lovingly to every kid that I've ever taught, middle school, high school, you're really not that good at presenting. There's a couple kids who maybe can can do it a little better than others. But overall, it's, it's a skill that literally takes years to get any good at. Yeah. Um, I was a horrible presenter. All through high school, I was super anxious, and it really took until like the back end of college for me to get any good at it. And now, now, like you know, I can do this podcast, I can do this type of stuff. But prior to that, I, I was barely, you know, barely there. Um, and yeah, you know, sometimes it sucks watching a bunch of not so great presentations early on in the year. But then it becomes, well, how are you going to, as a teacher, get them to that point? And how Perino is doing this is not how you do it. Um, making them feel terrible and shitty and small and like they have no potential whatsoever is not the way to do it. But unfortunately, I think it happens. I think that a lot of there are a lot of teachers who are like that. And I hope nobody has ever experienced it. But I know that's not the truth. I know, unfortunately, we all have had teachers who like have just kind of had high expectations, but never actually like guided us to those high expectations. And you, you don't, like, there, I heard this really catchy phrase. It's like, praise in public, and it's just like, like something like dressing down behind closed doors. Like, you, you don't ever, like, just do that. Like, you know, you don't call somebody out on their shit in front of everyone else. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, and, like, he heckles him as he's going back to his seat. Like, it's not even just like, oh, you mispronounced that. That was kind of bad. And just kind of dropped it. Like, he is trying to just sink his claws into him verbally as he, like, goes to his seat and, like, just makes Danny feel really fucking shitty during it. Yeah. And, like, Derek tries to, um... Um... He tries to call him out. Yeah, and it ends up with Danny and Derek both in detention. Yeah, it just it just escalates the punishment, and I I was I was very I was very happy to see Derek do this because I think it is a good callback to um, how he was kind of introduced, right? Because he's like trying to connect with Liberty, um, and like trying to uh, you know, trying to find a way to. Uh, I don't know, just, like, there's this very human piece of Derek that gets easily lost because of his shenanigans, but there is this very real person that, like, kind of, that does want to connect with people and does want to develop a better understanding of things. I'm starting to get more, like, I'm starting to like Danny and Derek more than very early JT and Toby. Yeah, they have a lot more, um... They have a lot more heart. I think that it took... I think we like them more because we watched that mini-episode. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, yes. <laughs> but, um, but I do think you're right because I think that they... This plot was very smart for them because you sympathize with them. Even if they have, like, you know... Even if they probably should have looked where they were going, you quickly go, that they are being mistreated. Like, Perino is being unreasonable with them. I feel like JT and Toby never really had they didn't have very many situations where you 
definitely beyond a shadow of a doubt like took 100% took their side it was a lot of them scheming and like not really um doing it in really hurtful ways and like really uh being kind of assholes well the, the turn definitely for jt definitely comes when he finds out what happens to Paige. but it's jt individually yeah danny and derek this was really smart because this you it you cheer for both of them and i think that for having another shot at having like this younger duo characters i think they're doing a lot better this time around like this actually feels like oh we're gonna try this again we're gonna do it better like which i actually really like i like that they want to do that and that's kind of why i like about degrassi and why i like that they have different grades because it feels like this is one of the really clear times that they're like we're gonna do this again and we're gonna make sure we actually like do better this time around yeah um i think it's also just because they're given more dimensions like jt and toby like it was just like they're horn dogs that's it like with derek and danny like i like i can say like danny is like hey you know what sucks living in the shadow of my sister yeah and she casts a very long shadow and then like derek is just like i'm trying to find out find my place in this world right and like knowing that like you know he has that moment when he was saying like talking to liberty about how he was adopted i'm like i really feel for this kid because like it's a you know i i don't know that personally but like it must be a hard road to hoe and then you have like but then like you do have episode like you know the mini episodes which you know we've talked about and it's just like because like because they were so easily put in their place it became like it wasn't as gross because it doesn't didn't seem to be as schemy as JT and Toby. Yeah, yeah. If I think it also um I, I feel sorry to interrupt, no, but I just okay. wanna say like it does it felt like they're like, We know this is doomed to fail. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, there is I feel like I like Danny and Derek more because there is this level of self awareness with them. Like it feels like it feels like they are much more um they there's a little bit more going on which i really like about them i would absolutely love if they get like a pair of girlfriends who are just as dumb as they are oh that would be funny as fuck. <laughs> just, just like a foursome of well-meaning but just dumb kids just getting to shenanigans that would be perfect like that would be absolutely what it's what they deserve. It's what they deserve. <laughs> just like, like Mister, like Mister Van Zant gets a phone call. It's like, where's Danny? Danny tonight? Or like, he gets a call from the cops. Like, where's my son? Him and his girlfriend, and Derek and his girlfriend were were shopping cart jousting. Just, I'll, I'll leave him by the curb. You can come pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just there's a lot of like, um, yeah, no, I just I'm very fond of them in a way that kind of I think the mini episodes have a lot. And if you don't know what we're talking about, um, definitely check out the uh, the 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 <laughs> dating four dudes. Yes, check out episodes. dating four dudes mini episodes. I I recommend it because I think that's what really got me to fully come around to them. Um, just there's a level I just. I just like these kids. They're lovable. They're very lovable. And, like, I think what I like about them also is um, you can tell they care about each other. And I feel like this plot is a really good way to kind of, like, um, um, show that. And I think also it's a good model for kids, too. Because it's like, you know, if you really care about your friend 
and I think this is really important in 2021 to talk about, especially because, um, especially, um, I know in my middle school, there's a lot of discussion about, like, pushing kids to call out harassment, mm-hmm. um, especially, um, it's, like, a big thing I've been trying to teach my middle schoolers, like, you know, if you see a friend getting harassed, or if you see, um, somebody making a really shitty comment, for example, like, especially with regards to, like, stop Asian hate, something as simple as, like, you know, your friend's eating something, um, for lunch and someone makes fun of it, and, like, actually having the confidence to go, hey, that's shitty to say, like, don't fucking make fun of my friend's food, and, like, a lot of the kids straight up said, like, I'm scared to do that, like, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that, I would probably just ignore that happening, and, like, they straight up told me that, and, and I think that this reiterates how important it is to see media like this, where, you do have these two friends. These two people care about each other very much. One of the friends is going through something. And the other friend is actually going to try and call it out. And does it work? Not always. But to have a character actually stand in their convictions and say, I want to stand up for my friend. I'm going to try and, like, you know, do the best thing that I can do right now is really important for kids to see. Yeah. Um, now, if we talked for, like, ten minutes about, like, a th- one minute section of this. Well, I mean, it connects back to the rest of the plot, but like, I, I think it is important to 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 bookmark this in the history of I Hope Pod, in which we yeah. have successfully come around to Danny and Derek. Um, so back to the garage. Yeah. Um, Emma tries to sneak up on Sean. He sees her coming, and uh, but it's it's pretty cute. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and like Sean is just so happy. And, like, I've been watching, like, in the downtime, I've been watching a lot of true crime, and, like, the the guy I've been watching is um, Mikey from that chapter, um, and he's, like, it's basically, like, he's, like, and everybody was, ha- it was a very happy family, everything's going great, and you know if I'm talking about it, it's not gonna last. No. And it's just, like, <laughs> but Sean, it's not gonna last. No. Um, so, um... Like, Jay, um, I'm gonna give Jay, like, um, a bit of credit here, where he, he, like, he is, um, like, he's backing himself out of the conversation. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely feel like Jay, of, like, a year ago... Like would have been like, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's much more subdued. I, I think it's just the loneliness has caught up with him. Oh, I think so too. Like, I think so too. You know that night with like Spinner, where he had to stop the school from burning to the ground. Um, he was like, he's kind of. He, I think he's basically. I think Jay is one of those kids who like. They, like, they hit a certain level of toughness, um, and they, they step back and they're like, I'm, I can't, I'm not hard enough to go forward. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, they turn their life around and they get better. And I definitely feel like the, the accident during the street racing was probably, like, was the final, hopefully the final nail in that coffin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's like he saw how this how how um the the accident and everything really destroyed sean in many ways and i think that while we don't have direct evidence that it impacted jay in that way i think that is a really quick way to uh 
really start reflecting on your life and everything because i feel like with jay he's he's very slippery right like he always is able to kind of sidestep something and he's never usually directly involved sometimes he gets involved directly but a lot of the time he seems to have avoided or evaded a lot of stuff like you know he knows people who have been to prison but he himself have not has not been to prison you know what i mean like that kind of stuff and i think you kind of get the energy that things he feels that things are kind of closing in on him and his luck is gonna run out yeah and now he needs to kind of keep his shit together um and also acknowledge that unfortunately like it is still closing in because you know sean is bringing him and emma together and he's like saying like oh like i have my best friend back i have my girlfriend back and jay and emma are looking at each other and remembering oh right we we hooked up at the ravine so uh kind of kind of you know you know but um you know now he (laughs) now like you know there's a lot of like that past that he's just trying to lie low from that can't be avoided yeah um speaking of things that can't be avoided um danny and derek um are leaving school they're both happy they got to avoid mr perino but guess who's at the bus stop that derek needs to go to and derek um makes a comment something wrong with your car i think mr perino is definitely one of those teachers who i mean teachers get paid criminally low like no matter what they're getting paid it's criminally low Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure he probably maybe made some bad choices mr perino everything is just like you made some bad choices in your life and now you're taking out these kids who potentially have futures that might be better than yours Mm um and he's like why did you do something like like derek's like something wrong with your car like i and i think derek is stuck in the mindset that i was also falling stuck in as most people are like teachers either sleep at the school or they're responsible enough to have cars and what have you instead of realizing the truth of as i said teachers get paid far too little and maybe the car broke down or maybe they just can't afford to fix it like right um i also like this because i feel like this kind of is a thread that we have with derek where he asks questions he really shouldn't like (laughs) he has deeply personal questions um and hasn't learned yet that maybe he shouldn't but um, as it's it's, I kind of like that we're still having him struggle with this. Um, it doesn't matter with who. It could be an adult. It could be a peer. It doesn't matter. He's gonna ask these questions. If uh, you know what, I'm just brainstorming. Would have been really good is if he also opened up to. Um, uh, he also. Oh my god! Why can't I not remember his name? Drake. Like, <laughs> why is Jimmy? it Jimmy? Jimmy. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? Why can't I never know Jimmy's name? He's like so important. I think it's my brain's just like Drake, 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 Drake. <laughs> I'm also wearing a shirt. I'm not helping. I'm wearing a Degrassi shirt right now. Um, um, I was gifted a couple years back, which features uh, Jimmy's like yearbook photo. Um, and it says, Jimmy Brooks, most likely to succeed. This is an official Degrassi shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a letter, Kenny. Wow, we're both wearing shirts from canadian tv shows hey i'm wearing a letter kenny shirt that just says bonnie mcmurray um but like i would have really loved for jimmy to get in the mix in this episode that would have been interesting like derek's like i'm having trouble i don't know who to turn to and jimmy's just like 
let me help you let me help you with this <laughs> jimmy would know how to do this however i think it would also have a flavor of passive aggression and i kind of <laughs> i kind of would like to see it <laughs> um so like mr perino gets real fucking scary oh, in this scene. He's scary let me make myself clear show me some respect we've got a serious problem like after stepping in front of Derek as Derek tries to leave yeah, he, like, he does not let him leave. Because, like, Derek's just like, oh, I'm going to go walk. And he's just, like, boxes him in. He, like, grabs his arm. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's scary. Let me just, from, once again, bringing this back to Jersey, where Donnie and I are from, this is the kind of behavior that you then get punched for. Yeah. Because you are you are basically just been like, 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 we're going to have a serious problem. Okay, you're up in my grill. You You've touched me. You've just initiated a fight. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, the, the bus stop is actually, uh, is actually part of the, uh, city. So, <laughs> it is not school property, so. But, um. Um, it's basically like locking eyes of a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just, just a little bit. But, um, it is, it's pretty fucking scary. Because, uh, you know, the teacher is not supposed to be doing that to you. There is, unless the child is in, like, imminent danger of, like, you know, a train coming or something. There was never a point where a teacher should put their hands on a student. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, that scene is fucked. It, it's, it's, I, I, um, appreciate being back in a, a, a version of Degrassi in which if a teacher touches you, it's fucking bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, so cut back to Emma's house. Um, Emma, Emma is in her basement room saying, where's my lucky bra, the one that gives me manny boobs? I feel like that's a pretty... That, that, that like I feel like it's a pretty normal girl line I've heard. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where's the bra that gives me my friend's tits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... There's... I... I can't believe I'm saying this. I think this is the most I've liked Emma in seasons. I mean, yeah. It's the first time she's not... It's, it's, it's been a long time since we saw Emma being the reasonable one. Yeah, and it's been a while since we've seen Emma, like, not be... Shitty? Yeah, like, it's just, like, it's nice to see her just be a kid again. Yeah. Like, it's been a while. Like, it's been a while since we've seen her fretting over a date, and it's not in connection to a monster. Like, it, it's nice seeing her, like, fretting and talking to her friend and not have her, and not have to have that shadow of, like, shittiness, knowing that the friend was horrendously, uh, um, assaulted. I'm not really sure what word to use. She was filmed against her will. Like, you know, we don't have to think about that when we see her interact and talking about a boy. It's nice to have them just be able to talk about a boy. And, but also talk about a really real thing, right? Because Manny is bringing up concerns, but they feel like concerns a friend would have, which is that Sean is putting Emma on a pedestal. And, you know, the problem about, you know, you shouldn't have a partnership in which you, one partner is putting the other on a pedestal, which I think is a really important lesson that anybody at any age should learn. But, um... I, I also feel like Manny has achieved the wisdom of Paige at this point. Yeah, she's lived enough. She's lived enough. Um, 
uh, that I, you know, I feel like she does have um, enough relationship experience to kind of know and speak from this. Um, meanwhile, I feel like when she was talking about her stuff with Emma and Peter, it really felt like it should have been a different character. It shouldn't have been Manny saying this. This feels like right girl talk for the two of them. Mm-hmm. But um, she's bringing up this really real concern about being put on a pedestal. And Emma, it brings up her concerns because Sean doesn't know about the ravine. And Manny says pretty, you know, pretty point blank. Like, you know, he if he loves you and this is supposed to happen, like he'll be fine like he'll be okay with it and she was single right like she was single it yeah like at that point sean's gone like it it was it was a pretty like i think looking trying to look at this from like the perspective trying to be like realistic and trying to not just look at this as like a black and white issue i get being a little skeeved out that your best friend hooked up with your now girlfriend and, like, needing a second to process that, right? Like, I can't feel, like, skeeved out for a sec. But, um, that's it. It's just, like, ugh. And then you just kind of <laughs> move on. Like, you can have the moment of, like, ooh, okay. Um, you probably shouldn't say that in front of your friend or your girlfriend. But I understand needing a second. But, like, yeah, like, Manny's right. Like, if, you know, if it's really meant to be, if he really is the right fit, he can fucking get over it. I can one-up uh, Sean's, um, not, like, Sean, like, Sean's situation in this. My ex-girlfriend started dating my roommate in college. Yep. Um, I have, uh, one of my, I have a friend who is dating one of my exes who's also my friend. But that's just queer dating, really. That's normal. That's every day. Maybe as a queer person I shouldn't say very much because it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, your your partner has also hooked up with your best friend. That's normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> who hasn't? I remember Hannah Hart did this whole video about like what's it like being a lesbian at a party, and she's like, like, I'd love to introduce my friend. It's just like, is it somebody I haven't slept with before, or my friends haven't slept with before? Because that's a pretty small pool. <laughs> yep. It's just it's it's very again. I understand a boy, a teenage boy, no less. Having a moment of, ugh, hearing this news. But it's easy to recover. I mean, my 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 father always taught me, like, my the one, his big lesson on dating was, was when you're dating somebody, make sure they can get the same, but they ain't gonna get better. Yeah. And, like, so, like, whenever, like, you know... A, a girl like has a past quote unquote I'm just like whatever I'm gonna blow them all out of the water so fuck it <laughs> I mean it's a good it's a good kind of stance to have cause it's like it's true though cause it's like it's like it doesn't really like as long as people are being honest and open and are not cheating on each other it really doesn't really like who cares who you were with prior like I understand maybe some emotional complications if they're like you know I don't know I would, it would be weird to probably date someone you're like sibling dated. That, that's a little. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I I don't. I'm not gonna fault anyone who does it. I don't think I could do it. But I wouldn't fault anyone who has done it. But like, you know, overall these are things that can be recovered and can be. And even then, if you feel uncomfortable about it, 
hopefully it's a relationship that's actually built to last and you can actually talk about it and be like, hey, I'm uncomfortable. And that's kind of the thing, right? Like, Sean can be uncomfortable by this, but he still has to be mature enough to say to Emma, hey, I feel a little uncomfortable about this. Can we talk about it? Yeah, which he's not. So No, not at all. We will continue. Yes! Um, so, this is a moment. Spinner, they're at, they're at the dot. Um, the lights are low. And we, this is the only appearance of Spinner in this episode, and he's just like, hey, I'll be back in an hour to lock up. So many candles. <laughs> he's putting a lot of faith in people who don't actually work in this place with a bunch of fire. <laughs> I'm just imagining Jimmy, like, giving Sean advice, which is like, candles, boy, candles. <laughs> candles. Oh, no, candles. no, no. Oh, Spinner goes to Jimmy. He's like, oh, so Sean <laughs> and Emma are going to have a date at the dot. How can I make it special? It's like, why do you care? It's like, come on, man, you know I'm romantic. Like, and then Jimmy's just like, fair, fair, candles everywhere, candles. Always. It's like, I think that's a fire hazard. Fuck it, candles. Candles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've talked about the many candles visuals and how fucking silly they are. But another thing I think about is like, so we, I have a candle on right now. It's limoncello. It's a little, little lemony, lemony scent as we record. I'm getting the lemon. I'm not really getting cello. Anyway, um, what I also think about is, like, I own a lot of candles, but they're all scented. So, like, now I'm imagining, like, lighting every single candle I own from every single season. (laughs) Like, it smells like a mix of, like, like pumpkin, lemon, floral, just, like, all at the same time. I don't understand candles at all, so that's what I do. So, I'll be like, like, ooh, Moonlight River. Okay, I think I'll go well, pumpkin spice. Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway, um, Emma, like, keeps trying to say, like, oh, she's like, oh, everything's perfect. The, the, can- the place, the candles, the tofurkey, everything is perfect. Also, I'm, I'm guessing Spinner was the one who cooked the tofurkey. <laughs> right? Like, was he also, like, yeah, it had to have been him. Nobody else is there. <laughs> Good, good on you, Spinner. Go on above and beyond for love. Truly. Um, and Sean says, it is perfect. You're perfect. And Emma's like, I've made some mistakes. And, like, they keep going back and forth about that. But Emma never kind of comes out to admit it. Yeah. Um, cut to the garage. Um, Jay and Sean are talking. And Sean's like, oh, Emma was hinting at some stuff. And Jay's like, that's probably nothing. Probably nothing, pull collar. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Sean keeps needling Jay. And Jay's like, look, dude, I don't want to talk to you about this. And he's like, okay, hey, you had to promise not to get mad. Um, and I warn you about this. And then he brings up that they hooked up. Kind of. And they fooled around. Um... And Jay, Jay puts it into actually good perspective. I feel in this. Dude, don't overreact. Look, you just broken up with Ellie. You and Emma hadn't been a thing, thing for, like, years. It just kind of happened. Once. You said you could take it. I mean, yeah, though. It's... It's... Jay's not in the wrong here. I, I like, you know... It's not an easy thing to tell a friend. Yeah. I don't... I don't envy him being in that position. Um, especially as straight people, <laughs> where where <laughs> this is seen as a little more taboo. But um, <laughs> we are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I I I don't I I you know he 
he comes clean pretty quickly. He, he does try to, like, be like, please don't get mad at me. Because it's like, Jay didn't handle that situation well. No. He didn't handle that situation well at all. But, in terms of, like, but, like, that's not what Sean cares about. And he kind of clears up the part that Sean would care about, which is, like, you know, it doesn't constitute as cheating. Like, it, it, <laughs> like, of all the cheating that Jay was technically doing with Alex... That wasn't the part that about cheating. That was uh, cheating and having to do with Sean. Um, In reference to another Canadian, um, um, <laughs> Canadian uh, property, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is I think it's tenth, tenth, oh God, tenth really? anniversary. Yeah, Jesus. Um, uh, like you know, <laughs> oh, you're cheating on me with knives. No, technically, I cheated on knives with you. Like so. Yeah. Right, right. Again, is, is Jay innocent here? No. No, but in terms of his issue, in terms with Sean's issue with him, there really isn't one. Like, unless Sean wants to go on a crusade on Alex's behalf from a couple of years back, that, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no real issue. But, even though we know this, and we can be a little bit more objective, right, Sean is already super activated, and he's already processing with, you know... Just getting out of prison, having to try and get his life on track, feeling constantly abandoned by the world. So he lashes out. Yes. And the lash out train uh, takes its next stop, Choo Choo, at Degrassi, where um, Emma is surprised to see Sean. I'm surprised to see Sean. Um, Sean, um, you know demands an explanation from emma did you two have a thing and and emma responds who told you that wrong answer and like emma also puts it into perspective yeah it was two years ago which is in eternity in high school years and also she was not in the best place she had just had a gun pointed at her face right like there's that was such like you know obviously if this season does not handle this the best but a lot of Emma, Emma's behavior in the back end of season four is directly in response to the trauma that she experienced regarding a school shooting. There, there is one episode, I think we, we got caught up in our own alternate episode, where she just comes into Snake's office like, I can't do this today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, perfectly reasonable. Like, right, <laughs> right. It's it's when, you, when you're I'm sorry when you're okay. going to a school where if the light hits the wall just right you're gonna be reminded of one of the scariest moments in your life. Fuck it. <laughs> right, right. Like she's she, she she yeah. The fact that she was even in that building again is like <laughs> like that's tough. That's fucking tough. Yeah. And it's you know, um, and I like that she tries to refocus Sean. With that context, even if it doesn't really work. Um, and it is nice to see Emma, and it's nice to see a girl in this situation stand up for herself. Because I think that a lot of the time, people will just kind of let their partner, if they're yelling at them, just kind of roll over. Right? Like, you just kind of let yourself get bulldozed because they're upset and you want them to stop being upset. Yeah. And I think that just happens. It's, it's not even, like, a gendered thing. I think it happens a lot of the time if somebody's exploding at you. 
you want them to stop. And the easiest thing to do is just be like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I fucked up. I'm bad. I'm sorry. Um, and, um, Sean does get upset. He continues to kind of like tear out of the school, but she does stand up for herself. And I think that that is really important. And I think that, you know, she, I, again, I think there's a lot of this episode that does make me think of like very old school Degrassi. And it's because it, it is providing a model to a certain extent of like what kids can do in these situations. <laughs> She's just scratching. My producer Basil is very, is uh, not really paying attention to the recording. However, she's having a lot of fun with the scratching pose. Um, but um, like you said earlier, Frank, I think what also makes this episode shine is these are smaller scale situations, right? These are situations in which it is like having a disagreement with a partner, having to deal with a partner being angry and how to kind of still stand up for yourself. And these are not these humongous plots that sometimes Degrassi gets really caught up in. These are very personal ones. And I, I think it really achieves like really, really good modeling and like really interesting exploration of character. Yeah. Um, and the angry train heads back into station, um, at the, uh, me the mechanics shop, the, yeah, I knew I said the car room. The uh, car room! <laughs> um, Tony's just like, Jay, work on the Lexus. Mr. Lane's my best customer. Um, always and, a fucking Lexus. Yeah, they're being, Sean's like, I'm not gonna help you at all. And Jay's just like, motherfucker, we were here to work. Um, and that's interesting, right? Like, Jay is just trying to just keep his head low and trying to, like, keep his job. Yeah, like, he, he's just like, dude, it was, he, he keeps trying to, like, reason with Sean, like, it was a year ago. Right. It's over. Let it go. But I do like that then Jay kind of, in many ways where Emma's kind of standing up for herself and, like, really trying to, uh make sure that she's heard i think jay's going back to falling back to his kind of coping mechanisms where he just is like you want me to be the bad guy like fine i'll be the fucking bad guy which we've heard jay say many times in response to um conflict like he just kind of allows himself to become the villain regardless of how accurate it is in the conflict because it's easier for himself to get blamed for shit yeah. And we see him going back to that. And I I like it because I think that it, it was kind of interesting seeing that resignation happen again. Yeah. Um, I, and here's a, a part of it, which I think they should have explored more, where Sean says, you don't care. You didn't care about Emma. You used her. You took advantage of her. Actually, now that I'm, I said that line out loud, I'm like, wow, Sean, being a real nice guy there. Capital mm -hmm. N, capital G, nice guy. Um, to which Jay says, I didn't take advantage of anybody. Hey, the truth is, she chased me, dude. dude. She damn near begged me to let her do it. And Sean gets violent, because that's what Sean does when he gets this level of frustrated. Right, exactly. Um... It is highly unhealthy, and it ends up hurting his hand. Yeah. Um, so, but that's it for the angry train for the moment. We cut to science class. The nameless science teacher says um, each group. I thought this was actually a really good 
like uh, exercise. Um, each group is holding a different part of the body, and they need to write down in an essay what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny and Emma have the heart, which Emma starts stabbing with her pencil. And, and it's like starts with like one, and then it just becomes multiple. And, and Manny's like, "Oh my fucking god, you gotta chill." Manny, M. You're killing Johnny Carcass, man. His heart's not going to work with a pencil on it. Um, And Emma apologizes. um, Says that she was imagining it belongs to Sean. um, And explains that Sean found out about her and Jay. And Manny's like, oh, must have heard the fall of that pedestal. Yep. Um, And... um, she begins to stab the heart again. Um, and Manny's like, you need... I like this line. Easy cuckoo bananas. <laughs> this is one of the few classes that I'm not failing. And Emma then says... Um, I, I I love this exchange between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it with guys and their... Emma, what is it with guys and their ridiculous double standards? They can do whatever they want, but a girl makes one mistake and her rep is tarnished for life. Manny, look, I know your little visit with Jay in the ravine may not have been on the Emma Nelson highlight reel, but no guy has the right to judge you, especially Sean. That is like, mmm, that is prime female friendship right there. Yeah, it's it's very much what I've missed of their friendship. Yeah. It's it's like, I want to see them building each other up, and it's it's really nice to see that again. And it's also nice to see it not cloaked with fear with Manny because I think what ended up happening for a while especially in reaction to Emma um and her eating disorder is there was fear always involved there's always the fear of her relapsing there's always the fear of having to get back to hospitalization and things like that um and it's it's nice to see them see each other as equals and see each other as people that are just like you know trying to figure out a shitty teenage situation together um and come on come up. producer uh producer juniper is potentially going to jump into frank's lap we don't know she's thinking about it well, she's not ready she's not ready yet she's a baby she's she's thinking about it though um but it's yeah it is nice to just see girls trying to uh work through something together but also you know Manny's not going to be 100% squishy, nice about it. She does make the Snyder mark about the pedestal and things like that. It, it just feels like how teenage girls talk to each other, and I missed it. Yeah. All right. Um, we cut back to another angry white man, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Perino, who is trying to, you know, talk to Derek, because I think he realizes he fucked up. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, it was a misunderstanding last night. No, dude. Like... If my sister said this once about some show we were watching, like if a dude asks you to come into a room to talk to you about something, don't go. Yeah. And if a guy says something was a misunderstanding, it was not. Yeah. It was he did something terrible, and now he's trying to cover his tracks. Right. Exactly. Um. And he's like, "Oh, well, you just knocked that presentation, you know, out of the water." Um. Cut to the garage. Back on the Sean Angry Train. Um, Mr. Lane is honestly being a lot more reasonable with Sean than I would be. <laughs> like, cause he's like, you did the oil change. He's like, there's a, there's a charge for the oil change on the bill, isn't there? 
And he just continues to give this guy an attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, until Jay, of all people, has to step in and be the adult in the situation. <laughs> and he just says... Hey, Sean, back off. Look, I'm sorry, sir. His problem. It's with me. Um, and then Sean says, tell Tony I quit. Le- and he kicks a tool bench over as he leaves. Yep. Good job, Sean. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want to rail on Sean, because I know where Sean comes from. I've seen six years of him. Yeah. But it's just like, Sean, please, just learn. It's 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 tough. It, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't think this is out of character. I don't think this is bad writing. And, and I do think that anger, especially because there's such little time taking place over the course of this episode, it, it makes sense that he is just anger, 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 and he can't turn it off. He doesn't know how to turn it off. He, he, he can't. Um... It is still hard to watch because it is it is hard to to see how anger has really fucked up his life and the fact that he does not really know how to keep it under control. He doesn't really know how to not let it consume him. It's hard to watch. Yeah. <sighs> so in Perino's class, Derek and Danny uh, suddenly are giving a very good presentation. That does not stop him um, from going, saying, um, nice job, you two. Okay, who's my next victim? Always a good thing for a teacher to say to a mm-hmm. child. Um, Jackson, you ready? Blank stare. Figures. Did anybody not stay up all night playing video games and looking at nudie pictures on the internet? Take the zero. To which Derek responds, why do you have to be like that, sir? And Mr. Perino turns on him, asks him if he has a problem. Um, Derek doesn't respond. Then he just grabs his bag, walks out of class, and you cut to Derek talking to, to Simpson. Yeah. And fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Again, it is every teach every student going to be brave enough to do this? Absolutely not. And I do not fault any student not feeling brave enough to do this. But there is power in seeing a kid do it. There is power in seeing kids push against power structures. And that's why, that's what I want to see more in media. Um, because I do think that, yes, there are great teachers. I know great teachers. I've worked with great teachers. I see great teaching every day. But, unfortunately, there are bad teachers. And those bad teachers don't always get eradicated mm-hmm. um, through observation or whatever method is used to kind of figure out if a teacher should stay. Um, and students complain and they don't always get hurt. So I think that there is a lot of power in having a student bring up these concerns and really try to decide when he's going to tell an adult, right? Because it's like, he doesn't do it initially, immediately. Um, it, it builds and it builds and then he decides, okay, I gotta fucking do something. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, here comes... Another great Sean and Emma scene. Um, Sean is packing to leave. And Emma is like, it's time for her. It's it's time for her to step up to the plate. Yeah. Um, Classy Sean. When the going gets tough, the Sean gets going. Um, Not much to stick around for. So the minute you find out I'm not perfect, you run away. Not perfect, I'd say. Well, what do you expect, Sean? I'm a real person. In three months, I'll be old enough to vote, to legally drink in Quebec. Not the kind of girl you new in seventh grade anymore um and 
I'm not gonna read the whole scene. Um, and he's just like, "What happened to you?" And she's like, "I grew up. Like I changed. This is what happens." Which is true. Yeah. And then well, everything Emma says in this exchange is true. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, I agree with Emma for the first time in fucking ages. But I like it. it but I also like how Sean feels so defeated. And Sean, and I think this happens. It's like, Sean, what I like about Sean in this episode is that they're, they are towing a very, very, very fine line here. And I think it... it, it Degrassi doesn't always handle this great, but I do think they actually do a pretty good job of this here, where um, you have to help yourself sometimes. And it sucks, because Sean is pointing out how the systems have failed him, how school has failed him, how adults have failed him, his own parents have failed him. And that sucks. And that shouldn't have happened. He should have been taken care of. He had to grow up in a way that was really shitty. His brother left him. Like, ev like so many people left him. So many people failed him. And that was awful. And that, again, should not have happened. But you still have to take accountability for your actions regardless of that. You can be angry and upset and honestly be mentally ill. But that doesn't mean that you have to hurt people in the process. Yes. Um, and... Um, Emma responds, um, he, like, he says, like, oh, I had to grow up in a hurt, what? Producer Juniper is in your bag. Oh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> if she stays in there, I'm gonna pick her up and fly her around the room. Understand. Um, um, to which Emma responds, he says, like, I grew up fast, I needed to survive. She's like, you didn't grow up, you just built a wall between you and everyone else. That was a really fucking good line. Um, and, like, finally he... Starts walking, he walks off, Emma responds, oh, okay, little boy, I give up. Yeah. And I'm like, kudos to you, Emma. Like, kudos. And I think it also does kind of speak to, um, there are sometimes, like, sometimes you just fucking burn bridges so fast when you are that low. And it's not a comfortable thing, and I'm only speaking about this because, like, I myself have experienced it, but, um... Sometimes you are just that, like, you just push people away. You want them there, but you, but it's, like, it's very, uh, it's very, as, as we call it in, like, the DBT world, like, black and white thinking. I think Sean is experiencing it. I think it's a really good example of black and white thinking that we're seeing a lot in this, especially with how he views Emma. Like, you know, Emma is perfect and then Emma's terrible. And it goes for everyone else in the world. It's, like, Jay is perfect, but Jay is terrible. Everyone who's ever been in my life is perfect until they suck. And it's, like, you see how that mentality really fucks you up. And how, like, you really have to try and break that habit. Because if you don't, you are going to push away everybody that has ever really cared about you. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this episode. I'm, like, excited to talk about it. Okay. Um, Mr. We outside Miss Hazelako's office. Why is Derek left to sit out there by himself? Right. Like, why is he... Um, did we mention also Sean going to the station? That comes after this. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> um, Sean... Um, oh, yeah. Duh. Um, Sean gets his ticket out of his pocket... And the picture of... I also brought up the fact that Sean's wall is on Shane. Yeah. That was a look back in the early aughts. And sure we were, nobody's proud of it. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, it kept it 
<clears throat> it kept it attached. Uh, like, look, it was functional. Do you think pickpockets were just pissed off when that happened? But they're like, ha, fucking wallet chain! <laughs> That's why they got so big and ostentatious. <laughs> um, anyway, um... Uh, he sees the picture of him and Emma. It reminds him of better times. He sees a couple kissing. Of course, the girl's blonde. Um, of course, they're white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I have to go back. Um, and now we cut to outside Miss Hazelaka's office. Derek is sitting by himself. It sucks. Um, uh, Mr. Perino leaves and walks by him all pissed off. Terrible. Why would you put him in, like, the... The, the danger the, zone. Right, like, where, where their paths cross. Like, Jesus, fuck. The, I was taking over as receptionist for one of the people at my job, and, like, they're like, like, hey, Frank, get your stuff, go up front. Not, well, not yet. Don't go up front. And I was like, why? He's like, so-and-so is still up there. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll hang it back here. Um... Uh, um and um um like Derek's like oh was he fired and Snake says like no but Miss Hasselakis is going to be running an investigation and he's just like I should have kept my mouth shut and Simpson once again I feel like he's being a leader when he says no you did the right thing mm -hmm. like it's just it's hard sometimes yeah yeah um and um, he says, he says, ready to give your side of the story. And Derek's like, yeah, is it okay if I'm a little scared? Which kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, because he's, he's just a boy. Yeah, he is just a kid. It's, but it is good. I think it is good to kind of say, like, yeah, like, there is a right thing to do here. But you're sure as shit not going to feel great during it. So... Um, um, and Simpson is like, don't be, okay, I'll be in there with you, come on. Yeah. I'm like, Simpson being a good teacher, this yeah. episode's full of all kinds of twists and surprises. Right, right. Well, it's, it's a good contrast to have to the plot, right? Because it's like, you want to, I think, like, Degrassi kind of as a, a teen drama kind of has an obligation where they want to portray, like, there are some good teachers, but I think it's also important to even, like, let your audience know, like, yeah, there are good teachers, but not all of them are good. But hopefully there are going to be good ones in your corner who are going to support you if you, you do something like this. Yeah. Um, Emma comes out of her bathroom crying. Um, she's, like, wiping her nose with, like, as many tissues as I think she can hold. <laughs> um, Sean, um... Honestly, borrows a line from Punch Drunk Love. Um, I didn't come here for vacation. I came here for you. Um, <laughs> which is not actually... I realized something. I um, I said that line... Okay, so I play a game with my friends. And um, it's basically like you take a movie and you remove all the, character, all the human characters from it and replace them all with Muppets, but you leave one human character. And I always said I would do Punch Drunk Love, and instead of, um, instead of, I leave Philip Seymour Hoffman, and 
Adam Sandler's character was played by Statler and Waldorf. Um, so I was like, I, so when I do the voice, I do their voice. I didn't come here on vacation. I came for you. No. Oh, <laughs> um, that movie's beautiful, by the way. Um, uh, and um, Sean is trying to basically make a. Um, and Emma says, like, you got what you wanted. Yep. Then you fucking blew it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and he says, don't give up on me. And, like, she's like, I... And Emma, really liking her this episode, just lays it on the line, like, I can't be it for you. Yep. I can't be the end-all to be-all. You need to pick yourself up. You need to do these things. Um... You know, and Sean says, I'm going to, um... Um, he says, I'm going to ask Tony for my job back. I'll get my high school equivalency. I'll start looking for my own place. And Emma's like, okay, what about us? And mm-hmm. he says, like, I want to get to know you again. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking good, A. I'm giving this episode an A. It was so you know what? good. I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. It was, like, such a standout episode. There's not a whole lot I can say bad about this episode it's probably one of the strongest sean episodes it's one of the strongest episodes of the whole series oh so far. absolutely it's it's a again it's in the grand scheme of plots a pretty understated one in terms of like the scale of them but i genuinely really enjoyed watching it like I enjoyed the A plot, I enjoyed the B plot, I enjoyed the messages, I enjoyed the way that they fit with each other, especially in, like, the sense of how anger is, like, you know, anger, if it's not controlled, can erode dynamics with others. Like, I think that it was just, like, a very, very good episode, and I think what's interesting about it is it's an episode I don't really remember as a kid, like, I, 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 th- I remember, like, I saw it, but, um, I think it's something that I appreciate more as an adult, probably because it is a subtler episode, it's a quieter episode in terms of the scale of what's going on. It's a very loud episode, seeing as anger is, like, the emotion and characters are exploding, but, um, I do appreciate it a lot, and, um, I don't know, yeah, I, I was very impressed. Yeah. Alright, uh, character rankings, um... I'm going to go with Jay. I, besides Mr. Perino, everybody's just going up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't love what Sean did, but I'm happy he grew by the end. Yeah. And that's really what I'm looking for. So, I know that sounds like a cop-out, but, like, you, you've heard an hour and a half of our thoughts on this. Like, So, yeah, I'm just going to say, like, everybody's bumping up a bunch of spots, except for Mr. Perino can rot in hell with all the other garbage men on the show. It's interesting that you say that because um, it it's it makes me think a lot about kind of the show in general and how I think that when it really shines is when it shows that nobody's really a bad guy. Yes. Nobody's really a villain. Everyone, you know, people may handle things poorly and people may screw up relationships, but that doesn't make them evil. And, and I think that... Except for Peter. Except for Peter, but... Peter was hardly in this episode. He literally said one line. But um, I think that 
that sometimes that a lot of the time i think tends to be the reality of the situation especially in high school especially when you're working with teenagers and like you are you are experiencing it it's like are there some teenagers who are a peter yes but a lot of them are a sean or an emma or a manny or you know a danny a derek like they may screw up at times but overall none of them are evil yeah they're just kids they're trying their best yeah which is i think why this genre young adult always it why it matters so much yeah because it's just like with adults you know full adults you have like you you're set in your ways you know what right and wrong is you've been tested and you either come out one way or the other yeah and like i'm not i'm saying there are shades of gray all over the place but still like you know when you're an adult it's established when yeah. you're young like these kids it's just like that's they're gonna keep changing yeah yeah and it's it's yeah that's the magic of ya is you're just seeing a very 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 short blip in these characters lives and you know 10 years after this novel or after this series or whatever these characters would probably be entirely different yeah that's kind of cool yeah yeah <sighs> Shall we go to recommendations? Yeah, let's go to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are directly related to the themes of the episode or just things that we're enjoying. Um, I have been um, revisiting, because <laughs> I've been siphoning Frank's Paramount Plus account. Um, and I've been watching As Told by Ginger, uh, which was a show that um, I quite liked as a kid, but like I didn't really, you know, I. I didn't totally connect with it probably because it was technically it technically came out and i was a little younger than middle school um but i've been revisiting it and i really enjoy it i think that if you're somebody who really enjoys early seasons of degrassi i think it's really worth a watch because it is very small scale plot lines um but there is a lot of of things that carry over um and there are like interpersonal conflicts that do carry over into different episodes and things like that so i think that if you're not even directly this episode but i think if you're a fan of these kind of small scale interpersonal conflicts like this episode i think it's really worth a watch cool um this is so mainstream that i feel like kind of bad saying it i've been really enjoying um the falcon and winter soldier I haven't watched it yet, but I'm glad to hear that. Um, the second episode, like, kind of goes there via, like, one of, um, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but, like, there is a Captain America character with a past that is very iffy and very much, um, um, seated in some real world racism. Oh, damn. And, like, they go there with it, and I'm- I've and like also with other parts of the episode and I think it's like you know Disney and Marvel are big capitalist machines and like everything has to be taken for a grain of salt what they're saying mm -hmm. but like I do think it's very cool that they they brought that up cool so have to check it out because I also siphon your Disney plus <laughs> you take this out of the episode if you if you don't want Mickey Mouse finding us to tell you frank you've made it through um so if you want to continue the conversation let's settle the police oh my god 
you want to uh basil got real nervous i think basil's doing some stuff ba- no basil feels fucking a cab as everyone else in this house okay. um but um if you want to continue the conversation uh with us there's a couple ways you can do that you can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com uh feel free to also email us about any thoughts about other episodes um or if you want to talk about potentially appearing on the on the episodes i finally got through some of the emails and responded to people so check your email i would love to talk to you um you can also get in touch with us on social media. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. And we also have a Twitter account, which is called I Hope Pod. Uh, so feel free to give us a follow or join our groups or whatever you do um, for the social media platforms. Um, and feel free to talk to us. Um, if you want to support the show, the best way to do it is to give us a rating and or review. Uh, we love to give back some bonus content once we have certain numbers on those, so feel free to leave them, um, and we are super grateful for everyone who has already done so. Um, if you want to keep in touch with me, uh, the best way to do that is go on to Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, it works as kind of my every type of media. There's some fandom stuff in there. Uh, there's a lot of writing stuff in there, so if you want to read some of my written articles, um, you can check that out there, um, and you can check out, uh, my fanfic, if you want to check that out, or just pictures of my cats. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram as, at Carmela Tafani, that's Carmela with two L's, which is, uh, my drag makeup cats Instagram, so if you want to follow me on there, too, you can do that. I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk that I do with my sister, I we're gonna be i don't know when this is coming out we're gonna be doing teen stuff that's not degrassi (laughs) uh so with that being said everybody we hope you can keep making it through and that you're gonna be there with us later bye